The Ringer Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Ringer Podcast Network. Are you looking for a better way to bet on your favorite sports online? Well, with FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to bet. If you can dream it, you can probably bet it through FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel offers spreads, parlays, money lines, over-unders, props, and in-game bets all in an easy-to-use app. And there are more ways to fund your account, too. Because unlike other sportsbooks, FanDuel accepts most major payment options. So check out FanDuel Sportsbook app today to experience sports betting the way it always should have been. FanDuel, more ways to win. 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that still doesn't stop everyone. You could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could even lose your job. We all know the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing is for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlbeck, and this music right now is not the mood. Craig, can we can we change the music to something more appropriate? It's a sad day in the fantasy football and real life football community. Leonard Fournette has been cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lenny, Craig, this is what are we supposed to feel here? Guide us. <laughs> We're supposed to feel sadness and bewilderment because Leonard Fournette is not a bad running back. This may make make people think he's a bad running back, but he's not. I firmly believe that if Leonard Fournette scored nine touchdowns last year, that none of this would be happening. <laughs> yeah. The touchdown variance got him. He had three touchdowns last year. His rookie year, he had 10. If he had 10 touchdowns last year, he'd be a top 10 fantasy pick. If he like punched in all those one-yard runs that he just barely didn't get over the line, this wouldn't be happening. And now I don't know what team he's going to be on. But I hope he finds it a, a, a new home that would care for him. <laughs> Leonard Fournette will always be defined to me for two reasons. One, his cover photo is of Adam, cre- like God creating Adam on the Sistine Chapel, but it's Leonard Fournette. And then two, DK describing <laughs> his running style as he's a bumper car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's stick with Jacksonville for a second. DK, the guys behind Fournette are Reichwell Armstead. You got Chris Thompson, who's kind of a pass catching back, and maybe he's mm-hmm. there to play. Maybe he's there as veteran leadership. He was very popular when Jake Rudin, the coordinator in Jacksonville, was in Washington. And then there's also Divine Azigbo. And then those are the three guys that are probably going to be splitting the Jaguars' backfield. So which of those guys do you want in fantasy? And two, do you want any of these Jaguars in fantasy this year? I don't think you should spend a lot on any of these guys, frankly, just because there's probably going to end up being a committee approach in that backfield. I do think that right now, Divine Azigbo has the upper hand because uh, Requel Armstead has been missing from a lot of training camp. I think he was on the COVID list early on and then he's been battling an injury. So he's just missed a lot of reps. Ozigbo has really benefited from that. And I think, like you said, Chris Thompson's going to be a third down back. So if you're going to go for anyone right now, to me, it looks like Ozigbo is sort of the the lead person in that, in that backfield. But again, it's probably going to end up being 
you know, a situation where none of these guys are going to really help your fantasy team. So I'm mostly just avoiding this overall. I'd say that, you know, it's not super exciting, Um, but you never really know. Zigbo is the guy that I would take a take a bet on right now. I feel like he's the high ceiling dart throw, but somebody like Chris Thompson is probably your safer bet to have the most consistent season. Uh, Sports yeah. Illustrated's John Shipley reported last week on Friday that Chris Thompson's been starring, has been one of the stars of their red zone drills in camp, and that he's been when Leonard Fournette was on the team, he was taking snaps from Leonard Fournette in the red zone, and obviously Jay Gruden adores Chris Thompson. So I, I do think there's a little bit of value. I think I, if you're comfortable with your running backs and you need like a flex bye week guy, I think Chris Thompson can do it. I mean, w- there were a couple seasons when he was healthy in Washington before he got hurt. Yeah. Where he was really, really good. He was like a top 10 back. You know who this actually makes me pretty intrigued for is LaVisca Chenault, the rookie. Mm. Um, he is a guy that, number one, he's been doing really well in training camp according to pretty much every report we've seen. He's been making a lot of plays. Um, you know, runs really good routes, good good with the ball in the air. Um, but he's also a type of guy that could be used in sort of running back situations, whether that be like a sweep or actually lining him up in the backfield. Is he, he did a big a guy or a small guy? Yeah, he's a big guy. He's like 220 pounds-ish, I think. And he, in college, they used him, Colorado used him a lot as a wildcat guy. Hmm. So direct snap runs, very powerful runner. Um, so I think that's something just to kind of keep in mind. Number one, I do think this is... This, this means the Jaguars are probably going to be a pretty pass-heavy team. They're going to be behind a lot. I think, if anything, this helps the receiver group have more opportunity. And, I don't know, Chenault, to me, is just like a really interesting late-round guy to just kind of like keep an eye on. He's getting a lot of reps in the slot. If he gets running back reps, too, man, that would be really interesting from a uh, fantasy football point of view. It's kind of like the Jalen Hurd discussion that we've been having over the last two years with the 49ers. Chenault is kind of in that same mold where he's a slot receiver slash you know, gadget guy that could end up getting some touchdowns. Okay, so Gardner Minshew up, Jaguars receivers up, Jaguars running backs, sure. Uh, Fournette for a second. Let's say that Fournette, let's say Fournette remains unsigned and you're in your draft and Leonard Fournette, free agent, is where do you want to take him if he doesn't have a team yet? Yeah. (laughs) Because I think it's pretty simple. It's very hard. I think it's really simple. When, like, like here's the thing. We could throw out a <laughs> ranking, a number. It, it is complete. Like, what we think on this is irrelevant because he's going to sign somewhere. It's about how much you like Fournette, where you're willing to take. I think it's very simple. When you get to the point in your draft where you look at the list of running backs who are left on the board and your first thought is, oh, my God, these guys suck, then you can take Leonard Fournette. Then you're allowed. <laughs> like, as long yeah. as the guys left are good and you can see them having a role or whatever, you're excited about them take those guys and then when it runs out, take Fournette. Cause I, well, I, I think you have to consider how many options are there for Fournette to come in and get 200 carries right off the bat. I mean, like if he signs I with mean, the Patriots and he became the starter for the Patriots or at least the sort of the big back for the Patriots, that would be sort of interesting to me from a fantasy point of view. Washington would be interesting. Yeah, Washington makes sense to me. Yeah, he could be the LeGarrette Blunt in New England. But like yeah. there's not a lot of options. So I... No. Even if you look at like like J.K. Dobbins is the running back 36 right now in Fantasy Pros ADP. Like J.K. Dobbins has like a realistic track to like just be awesome this year. But if Fournette signs with the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire never gets hurt, I mean, Fournette won't even be worth anything. You know who I'm kind of, the person that I'm thinking of that sort of in the range that I'm kind of putting him is like a Tevin Coleman. Like you're a backup probably. Matt Breida. Yeah, like that sort of range, the late 30s in terms of your the running back rankings, that's sort of where I imagine Fournette right now. Without a team, before we know exactly what's going to happen, 
that's sort of like where I've dropped him back to. Do you guys have any ideal landing spots? Do you want him to go anywhere? For real life or for fantasy? Let's do fantasy. I think the yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, I would say. Because I think that, <laughs> no, seriously. because For fantasy? He, well, I mean, it would be bad for Chris Carson, but I'm saying that aside mm. from Washington, whose offense is terrible, I love Chris Carson. But Chris Carson is not, has not really stayed healthy. And if something were to happen to Chris Carson, Rashad Penny is going to probably start the year on PUP. Carlos Hyde is there. The Seahawks are one of five teams in the NFL who really, in neutral situations, really prefer to run than pass. And it's really, it's on one of those five teams. And he's not going to go to the Niners. He's not going to go to the Vikings. Seahawks are one of those teams that I could totally see them being like, well, you know what? Yeah, like him and Carson, that's a hell of a combo. And then if anything happens to Carson, then yeah, he could get 250 carries. What about the Chargers? Yeah. I was thinking the Chargers actually too because there's such Thunder a and lightning there's an, with Eckler. There's an mm-hmm. unknown element to whether it's Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson as kind of the Melvin Gordon replacement. Eckler is obviously the top guy there, but you know, you still the way that they used their running backs last year, the Chargers, I think that Fournette would perfectly kind of fit into what Melvin Gordon was doing, don't you think? Well, Craig, you're the Chargers quarterback, so why don't you men- tell Anthony Lynn <laughs> that that's that's what you. Yeah, want. I mean, we can always use more opportunity, like more players in the field, more talented skill players. You know, I mean, we're a little bit thin right now, and if he starts out on the third string, then you'll be handing off to him. So let us know how that goes. <laughs> is Fournette a bust in Jacksonville? Like, did he officially not work out? I feel like he was. Well, the fine. term "bust" is unfair because it implies the players the problem. It's not Leonard Leonard Fournette's fault that the Jaguars took him over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's Jacksonville's fault. So Jacksonville is a bust for taking him fourth. It's like no one would care if Leonard Fournette got took in the second round. The issue is he got taken ahead of two elite quarterbacks. One's going to be like a Hall of Famer. And then the other 10 running backs who went behind him are all really good. So they look like morons. But that's not Leonard Fournette's fault. So the bust implies that coaching and development isn't a part of being an NFL player. So yeah. All right. Well, yes, but no. We've given Lenny his deserved time. We love you, Lenny Fournes. All right. The next piece of news we have to get to is are the Saints going to trade Alvin Kamara? Insane. <laughs> wow. Okay, so today, which is Tuesday, Justina Anderson reported, quote, I'm told the Saints are open to trading RB Alvin Kamara per source, end quote. Kamara's in a contract year. They've been negotiating with the Saints going back and forth. And then Justina Anderson had her report. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported, quote, spoke to Saints RB Alvin Kamara and his agent, and neither has asked for or demanded a trade. As of today, they thought they were actively negotiating and making progress on an extension. Kamara has never threatened to hold out and has been in the building every day, end quote. We've also since learned that Alvin has not practiced since August 27th. There's Sean Payton said he had a stomach bug. Apparently, maybe there's an epidural in his back. Uh, But he hasn't practiced in a few days. But then NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported that he, Alvin Kamara, intends to be in the Saints facility tomorrow and intends to practice. So is this trade thing like out of the blue? Like, is this like you're going to couples therapy with your girlfriend and then you find out she's on hinge and you're just like, what? (laughs) This is very bizarre. It kind of came out of the blue and it sounded like based on multiple reports that I saw, um, one from Nick Underhill, one from Pelissero, it sounded like they're very close. They're only like a few million dollars apart on where these negotiations are going. And then all of a sudden this trade thing drops out of the blue. So I don't know how that's going to affect it. I don't know if it will affect it. To me... If it's just, you know, like right now, again, it's Tuesday. This feels like a negotiation tactic more than something that's really going to happen, but you just really never know. It's it's something that you just have to be kind of aware of and assume that risk when it comes to fantasy football. I agree. So Charles Robinson at Yahoo reported that the team is offering 
Alvin Kamara about twelve million a year. I know I'm going back and forth in Kamara Kamara. I'm sorry, but they're Just offering about twelve million a year, and Chris Kamara wants sixteen million a year or so from like Christian McCaffrey money. So it's about four million a year, and I agree that I think that this is a tactic of do you want to play in Super Bowl caliber team or not? Sign this money, and again, it's worth looking for the past ten years of how the Saints have been running their business, which is they go all in every year. They traded a first right. to move up like seven spots for Marcus Davenport a couple years ago. Seven spots in the first round. They gave up their next year's first. They give up first all the time. They spend money they don't have every year to win the Super Bowl. The thought that in what may be Drew Brees' last season, they're going to trade away Alvin just seems far-fetched. I agree with you. I think it's Especially when they gave Taysom Hill $21 million over two years. <laughs> I mean, I like Taysom. I, I wrote an article about how Taysom is actually a valuable player, but Kamara is like undoubtedly a bigger part of that offense. You know, like it's, this is just seems ridiculous. Okay. So it's, it's Tuesday now, but this episode will be on Wednesday when people are listening to it. But I would imagine most people's drafts are in the coming weekend. So let's say we've yes. heard nothing by the time the weekend comes and you have the fourth pick in your draft. How do you feel about Alvin Kamara? Oh, man, it does make me a little bit nervous because you know, the Saints is just the perfect spot for him, honestly. Like, Drew Brees is going to dump it off to him a ton. He's a huge part of the passing game. He's had 81 catches exactly for three years running. Um, but at the same time, I think he would be good anywhere. I just don't think he would be as big of a fantasy factor on really any other team. So it does make me a little bit nervous. At the end of the day, though, I feel like I still would take him at four. I don't... God, this is like going to be a famous last word thing. It doesn't real. It doesn't feel like he's actually going to get traded. But <laughs> so my question to you, Danny Heifetz, is: What's more likely that he's traded or that he misses Week One because they don't have a contract figured out? That's a good question. I think it's, I think it's more likely actually that he would sit out Week One than get traded because I don't think the Saints have any incentive to trade him, and I don't think any team's giving up a first round pick for him. To be honest, I certainly don't think that any team's going to send an offer that will convince the New Orleans Saints to invest in the future instead of the present. And ultimately, they want to win this Super Bowl. I, I really don't think they ever look two years ahead. Jeff Duncan, the athletic reporter who has covered the Saints for a long time, he said he confirmed Josina Anderson's report. He says, I can confirm their first option is to sign Kamara to a long-term deal, but only at the right price. If not, they're open to a trade. And to be clear, open to a trade... There's a lot of wiggle room there. Open to a totally. trade means they were closed before. We're open to a four first round picks. But I think the important part is here. I don't think he's going to get traded. I do think he's going to stay with the Saints. But I'm in the squishy middle round of right now. I have him as fourth in all my rankings. There is no world where I'm letting him slip out of the first round. But I totally understand if you prefer the security of other running backs in the first round. If well, this let's is compare enough, him to Dalvin Cook. <laughs> so I'm assuming that he hasn't moved up, right? Like Christian McCaffrey, number one. No. Saquon's two. Zeke is three. I assume no one's moving him up after this news. So he's not for it anymore. I, or at least if you take him there, I'm cool with that because I don't think he's moving. But I also totally get if you don't want to take him at four. Well, forget what you're cool with. What are you doing? I actually have a draft tonight. I think that I would be cool moving him. I think I would take probably Clyde Edwards-Alaire over him. Mm. And I think I would take... See, the thing with him and Dalvin Cook is now him and Dalvin Cook are in the same situation where Dalvin's also in a contract year, also unhappy with his contract. I think I would take Kamara over Cook. I'm more confident... The combo of Cook's injury stuff, I'm more confident that the Saints want Alvin Kamara than I am that the Vikings want Dalvin Cook. Alvin's harder to replace. I would take Kamara over Cook. But I also understand if you want Derrick Henry over those people, even though I would not take Derrick Henry over Kamara. 
the people that I'm, I think that you could take ahead of Kamara are Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Zeke, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams. I think anything other than those people over him is a mistake. And if you want to throw Dalvin Cook in too. But I'm not getting into Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon. I would not take any of those people over Kamara. What do you think, DK? Who could Bill, who could Bill O'Brien trade to the Saints right now? For <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Like, who on that team? Oh, that's <laughs> a good idea. Watson. Deshaun Watson for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> um, yeah. This is just... Okay, so it sounds like Hyvitz is dropping him to five. Well, no. The thing we always say is that you're not supposed to blow your pick, your first round pick. Yeah, but at the same time, like fantasy, you don't want to go for, I don't know. I just feel like on a, ultimately swing for the fences in your drafts because you don't want to get sixth place. I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like there's no point in getting middle of the pack. Now with a fifth or fourth pick, that's, you know, not necessarily doing that if you take another guy. But I think if you're confident that Kamara is going to be awesome this year, which I am, I don't know. I'm not going to drop him. I I'm not know. dropping him to nine. I'm saying that I get it if you want to do that. But I would, I'm yeah. simply dropping him from fourth to basically fifth or sixth. It depends on how risk averse you are, I think. But neither, none of us think he's going to get dealt, to be clear. None of us think he's going to get dealt. Famous last words. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. If you're listening to this on Wednesday morning and Alvin Kamara is a New York Jet and Le'Veon Bell has been released. <laughs> also, don't forget that there's a Leonard Fournette aspect actually to this too, because the fact that Leonard Fournette's a free agent, the Saints actually can use that too, because they deal him, they sign Leonard Fournette. At least they can pretend they're going to do that even if they don't have any interest. So now we have Fournette and Kamara being pitted against each other, two of our favorite people. I know. It's a cold world. All right, so that's those are our feelings. Wait, real quick. You guys, so DK, you're not moving Kamara down. No. I'm moving him like a spot, and I would not drop him any further than like eighth, but I understand if you are risk averse. Craig, what do you think? I'm not moving him a spot either. Resolute. I love it. Boom. Before we move on, thank you to everyone who emailed us this week. Again, that's ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Hit us up. We had a lot of a lot of great emails, but again, you can email us your questions and also please send fun facts. We're going to hit some fun facts. This week, fun facts, it's September. What the hell is going on? That's crazy. <laughs> but the That is bizarre, it's, man. I, yeah, oh the my the God, lack of preseason, happen? the lack of preseason has completely screwed up my whole like and the lack of summer. Like I didn't like do circadian anything. Circadian rhythm. I don't know. I don't know what month it is. It's weird. Someone's like, Craig, how was your summer? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was summer? So true. All right. Well, we're yeah. going to get, we have one particularly excellent reader email we're going to get to at the end of the episode. We're very excited for that. But first, we're going to go through our favorite picks in every round. We know a lot of you are drafting very soon. So we wanted to just go through what our favorite picks are. We are going to be using average draft position for half PPR. This is actually the half PPR average draft position on Yahoo, but we're going to, we're going to roll with it. And obviously there are a couple issues where average draft position is not perfect. So we're Clyde Edwards or layer is like technically a second rounder because obviously there was, they're using average draft position from the whole summer and Clyde Edwards layer had like a big change. That's a situation where he's a first rounder, but for the most part, average draft position is a really good indicator of where guys are going. And we're just going to go through and pick some dudes. That sound good. Definitely. All right. Mazel tough. Okay. First round. We're doing 12-team league here, which, again, I personally, I think is silly. Now, I like 12-team leagues, but, what? but this is Danny Kelly and I. We have a, <laughs> like a, This is one of silly? our other blood feuds, is oh that Danny thinks 10-team leagues are soft. Please email <laughs> ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you plan a 10-team league. Blow Danny Kelly's gourd. But anyway, we're doing... We won't read your email if you plan a 10-team league. <laughs> the first round is to 12, which I always do a double take on. But 
Okay, guys, who are some people that if you get in the first round? So yeah, and we should say that we're doing first rounders, but the first six are a little bit easier to figure out than the final six. So I wanted to talk about Derrick Henry. Mm. I just think the big dog's getting a little bit underrated, mainly <laughs> not in like the fantasy analyst community, but kind of in just like the everyday people community. I feel like people are kind of starting to get down on him. And mm. uh, I don't know, you know, in Derrick Henry's first real big year, 2018, his play caller was Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur gave Deion Lewis 155 carries and 59 catches that year. And Derrick Henry was still like the running back 10. Last year, Matt LaFleur was gone. It was Arthur Smith calling plays. Deion Lewis was still there, but they basically cut his production in half and Derrick Henry excelled even more. Now Deion Lewis is gone. They replaced him with a rookie, Darrington Evans. And now they want to basically turn Derrick Henry into Derrick Henry plus Deion Lewis. So I'm not actually positive anymore that Derrick Henry's best year is behind him. I think if they can really work his receiving skills into their uh, offensive game plan, he could still have his best season yet. But how do you know he, Darrington Evans isn't going to be Deion Lewis? He's a rookie. It's COVID. Like, and, and them talking up how they want to get Derrick Henry involved in the passing game. I mean, doesn't that all lead to Derrick Henry having his best receiving year yet? So where where were you on Derrick Henry before? Where would you take him now? Like, if you're if you're, I was on him at like pick eight or nine, and now I'm like five or six over six, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I think it's I think it's those two are five and six. And I was going to ask you guys, because I know DK's guy is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, how are you ranking Derrick Henry, Clyde, and Dalvin Cook? Well, that's a very good question. So right now I have Edwards-Hilaire over Henry. And Dalvin Cook? Yes. Hmm. I've got Edwards-Hilaire as my RB5. So I'm just really excited about his ability in both the ground game and the passing game. Henry's, like you said, the, the worry is his passing game usage. But I will say... Evans has been, number one, there's been issues with fumbling, according to beat reporters, um, in, in Titans camp with Evans. And then also he's been battling an injury. Um, now, I want to counter that with the fact that Peter King was actually talking up Darrington Evans in a recent column and actually said Don't he has, say that he could be the Kamara of the Titans, like he that's said. That's exactly what no, he that, said. No, that's last... Oh, really? Because now it's everyone wants to say he could be the McCaffrey. That's the new one. I'm sick of everyone being the Kamara of their offense like Daryl Henderson was. Let's it's just very stop. Kamara's a one of one. Um, the point is, though, I, I think I lean toward the idea that Evans is not going to have a huge part of the offense early on, especially. So um, like, maybe let's the say Derrick Henry can catch 35 to 40 passes. Where is he yeah. going on your, on your board? Well, I mean, I have him as my RB seven behind cook and Edward Slayer, but I mean, you make, you make a very interesting point. I'm actually, I feel like I'm pretty high on Henry. Um, and I'm still behind you on him a little bit, but I, I definitely agree with kind of like your overall points. If you want to take Henry over Cook for the contract stuff, I get it. But I just I'm more bullish about Cook and Henry when they're both on the field. I think that the even Titans with the injury is, issues with Cook, you don't care. Yeah, because I think that the Titans again. It's like we think about last year's second half for Derrick Henry. Forget that Derrick Henry is the Amari Cooper of running backs, where it's just he's not consistent, and the Titans' offense is not really consistent. And I'm not thrilled about him. But at the same time, if you can get a running back with that much volume in the top eight, that's great. But I'll, he's at the bottom end of the top eight for me. Okay, Dalvin Cook. Led, I want to say he led the NFL in uh, yards at, on screen plays last year. I know. I guess I just he's missed 19 games. I think in his NFL career already. Yeah, this is. I mean, it, it's actually an interesting discussion because this is. There's a lot of really difficult decisions right here. I think the fifth pick in a, in a snake draft is really difficult. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn into the second round. So this is picks 13 to 24. 
My favorite pick in the, the whole second round is just Aaron Jones. I mean, depending yeah. on ranking, depending on what you're looking at, he's going around twentieth. <laughs> like he's late Great. second round, like early twenties or late teens. I think he's fantastic because again, it's he was the second running back last year, nineteen touchdowns, and the whole thing as well. Is he gonna have a little less of a job? Is he gonna have be able to score that much? Even if he isn't, that's all baked into this. So like, he can have a worse season than last year and also still be a really good pick at 20th overall. I really like Aaron Jones for where he's going. I wouldn't pick him in the first round, but he's a hell of a pick at the borderline third round. Baked in is the tourm du jour of the fantasy community in 2020. <laughs> Have any of you guys baked? Banana bread. Uh, I have enjoyed a lot of other people baking. I have <laughs> sure. zucchini bread. Dan, Unreal. Danny's an expert on other people's baking. I, I'm a connoisseur. I've been watching a lot of the Great British Baking Show. Oh Great my show. God. It's the best. It's, it's the so opposite the of Instagram, where it's like you get on Instagram, <laughs> you just feel like shit. If you get on the Great British Baking Show, you feel amazing. It's These great. are people too. Most yeah. positive show in the world. Oh, it's 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 like the best combo of like people being upset with themselves and the lowest possible stakes. It's oh my yeah. god. And even the judges are like nice. I don't know anything about the show, but all I know is the gifts that it produces are pretty amazing. Aaron Jones overproved. <laughs> anyway, who's someone you like in the second round, DK? Yeah, I'm I'm going in on Julio Jones in the second round. I think um, this is a little bit cheating because he he's a he's a first rounder in some ADP, but I don't think it, he's generally not going in the first round. Um, so he was the wide receiver three in 2019, the wide receiver four in 2018, and on Yahoo's uh, half PPR ADP right now, he is going 14th overall. He's the wide receiver four. So I think honestly, he's a so- he's like a lock solid bet for 150 targets. Um, you know, there's a lot of available volume up for grabs in the Falcons offense. I don't know. It's just looking really good. Like he's like as safe of a guy that you can pick in the first two rounds, in my opinion. Like he's he's up there with like Devontae Adams. Is like he's gonna he has the potential to lead the NFL in targets. There's something to be said for reliability in a volatile year. Yeah, everyone hates on him because of the touchdown thing, which I get. But touchdowns just such a variant. Like there's so much variance in that stat that it's not something that really scares me away. Craig, who do you like in the second round? So I'm gonna I'm gonna call out to all my eight team leaguers and ten team leaguers for this pick <laughs> because I know people. You guys Danny exist. Kelly does not respect. Hey man, it's hard tw- having twelve friends is hard sometimes for people. I mean, think about your lunch table <laughs> in high school. Twelve people at that table. It's a big table. Not everybody had twelve people at that lunch table. Yeah, and then they're like the last three guys on like if you're in a twelve team team, the last three guys are just like, nah. Yeah, you start reaching out to like cousins. Yeah, like anybody <laughs> available. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. If you have an eight-team league, the roster is weaker, or like the roster is stronger, but the group chat is way better. Yeah, totally. I mean, unless you're one of those rare groups who, who's got like twelve really solid. I have a le- We have like 10, 11 really solid. And we kind of had to like, you know, add one. Craig's like having friends is in. hard. Like not for me, but for other people, it's hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going with Travis Kelsey. He's the tight end on the Kansas City Chiefs. So here it is. It's basically based on the idea that in an eight-team league and a 10-team league, it means that more good players are available later in the draft because everyone is drafting sooner. So if you know what you're doing in your league and who you hopefully listen to this podcast and you have a good idea of how to draft later on in, in later rounds, I think it makes sense to spend earlier picks on quarterbacks and tight ends because you can still patch your the rest of your roster up with good players later on. So I think taking a guy like Travis Kelsey, if you're in a, especially an eight-team league or maybe a 10-team league, Makes a lot of sense. The guy's been the tight end one three of the last four years, and the year he wasn't, he was the tight end two. He's just as solid as you can get. He's so much better than every other tight end, and I think it makes sense. I, I agree. Yeah, 
The yeah. thinner the league, the the better you want to chase that. The end. thinner the league, sense. it makes sense to get like Lamar and Travis Kelsey early. All right, we're going to the third round. So again, 12 teams because DK. Ooh. Uh, we're going to 25th pick <laughs> to 36th. Who are guys that you like in this range? DK. Uh, my, my guy in this range is Adam Thielen of the Vikings. He is another. It's it's like the Julio thing, actually. it's He's guaranteed like 150 targets in, in 2020. Uh, no Stefan Diggs in that offense. He's the clear-cut number one. He had 153 targets in 2018, 146 targets in 2017. Obviously, he had some injury issues last year that, that cut into his production, but um, I think people are kind of forgetting how good he is of a route runner, how good he is um, at the catch point. And yeah, I think he's just going to go off. I think he's an awesome value in round three, so he's easily my favorite here. Well, not easily, because there's actually, this is a good area. Yeah, for me, it's literally any wide receiver except Cooper Cup. And I think Cooper <laughs> Cup, because he sprained his ankle, and I just also don't like him. And also, I just think Tyler Higby's going to, or the tight ends are going to You just don't his, like him? I don't like him on do any level. What do you do to you? But I'm literally any receiver in this range. That's For me, that's Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, like literally any of them. But This is the best area for receivers. Craig, right who, do you, who do you specifically like in this range? Yeah, it's one of those receivers. It's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson yeah, is the opposite of DeAndre Hopkins this year. DeAndre's <laughs> okay. going 13th overall and Allen Robinson's going 28th. And that's backwards to me. It's all about target competition and Robinson is going to see less than he did last year. And DeAndre Hopkins is going to see more. And I don't even care if Nick Foles or Trubisky starts. Robinson is still a great pick at the position that he's going at. And I mean, the guy saw four more targets than DeAndre Hopkins last year. And now DeAndre Hopkins is on the Cardinals. And Robinson only scored 12 less fantasy points than Hopkins last year. You're basically drafting what everyone else thinks is DeAndre Hopkins as Allen Robinson at pick 28. I love him. Is Robinson the That's most underrated player in the NFL? It, he might be. He might. He legitimately might be. That's a really mm-hmm. good. That's a really good one because if he had again, his quarterbacks his whole life have been Blake Bortles, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, and now he's yeah. hoping to get Nick Foles. He had 12 less fantasy points than DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins is going 15 spots ahead of him. That's a good way. That's a good question. Who is the most underrated player in the NFL? <laughs> well, in fantasy, it's Allen Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Allen Robinson. It's a good one. Okay. Fourth round. Th- pick 37 to 48. Who do you guys like yeah. in this range? I, actually, this is another guy that probably could be in the discussion. I don't think he's as underrated as Robinson, but Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks. Um, we've been a fan of him on this podcast. As we said before, he was the wide receiver five before he got hurt last year in week 10. So through week, through 10 weeks, he was the wide receiver five. And right now you can get him in the fourth round. So um, I think the offense for the Seahawks is pretty damn dependable. There's just like a really high floor for that offensive passing game. And I think Tyler Lockett is going to be either, if he's not number one, he's 1B with DK Metcalf. And I think he's going to be the number one option in that offense still. So yeah, love Lockett. Very talented player. He's going to get to play in the slot. He scores a lot of touchdowns in this offense because the Seahawks are so efficient. Everything to like about him. Craig, what about you? Who are you taking this round? I like James Conner a lot, running back on the Steelers. He's one of the final three down running backs available to grab, pretty much. I know mm-hmm. his stock's going up. He's not really a secret anymore, but I still think people look at him too much through an injury lens without doing the same for like guys like Dalvin Cook, who we talked about earlier. Conner's a top 10 back when healthy, and I don't know. I mean, he's at probably just the same amount of risk as any other guy to get hurt. So the Steelers fan took a Steeler, and the Seahawks fan took a Seahawk. Did I get that right? <laughs> and and then Heifetz once again just couched I'm his answer out. with literally go- any other <laughs> oh, yeah, receiver. Ooh. Well, that I'm falls. zooming out here because here's here's my point. If you can get a running back in the first round, a running back in the second round, I basically don't care who you get. And then if you hit receiver, receiver in the third, fourth round, and you get essentially any combination of 
you can get Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson. Tyler so you're Lockett. basically recommending people auto draft the first four rounds. Did you not get the memo that we are picking our favorite players in each round? <laughs> well, here's it. So my well, my Take favorite two in this round. My favorite's Tyler Lockett. But I, I, the thing is, my okay. broader point is, okay. it's amazing how many good receivers are left in the third, fourth, fifth round. So <laughs> if just, you're going to go get pizza during your draft, do it in the first four rounds and you'll be I fine. I just looked ahead in this doc and guess what Danny's going to do in the fifth round, guys? Are you kidding? You put literally <laughs> any wide receiver again? Well, Dude, my, all right, well my real answer is that you just, I would take, You're literally telling people to auto-draft. Oh, if you want to get... Look, first... All right, so my real answer here is two things. One, you're going to regret this. One, it's Calvin Ridley is the person I really want here around this range. Because mm -hmm. if you can get Calvin Ridley around the 40th or so pick, that's an amazing value. The real answer, though, is... The guys I specifically want here are Ridley, Lockett, and Robert Woods, who I think it's, you have Craig in the fifth round. I think that's cheating because I don't think Robert Woods is really going to be available in the 50s unless you're lucky. I would take Robert Woods here, but I left him for you so you could pretend that he's available at <laughs> 55 and he won't be. You need to take him now. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make up someone. I'm going to just say all the receivers left are good. But the answer here is Robert Woods at 45 is perfect, just as Lockett or Calvin Ridley is. So there, sorry to blow up your spot. I was just following the rubric of the show. Sorry. Oh, rule follower, Craig. <laughs> Robert Woods right now, his ADP is 58th and half PBR. On Yahoo, he's 64th. Fantrax, he's 47th. So there's, it's, there's, there's some on the site discrepancies using. on the sites and stuff. But yeah. So he's like at the, at the four or five turn. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Robert Woods, right, I'm perfectly happy five, taking. So yeah, so round five. Again, this is where the whole thing gets squishy. It really does depend on the site you're using. But <laughs> this is where your draft yeah. actually starts mattering because honestly, your first four rounds, everyone's good. Let's be honest. All <laughs> right, so Bobby Trees. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm just sorry to go through, but the other person I think specific, again, I'm happy with Bobby Trees, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, but McLaurin is the guy I want. We're talking to 49 to 60. McLaurin mm -hmm. is the guy there that I think... Again, huge ranking discrepancies. 30s in the mid 30s on Yahoo was like mid 60s and or mid 50s in ESPN. It's a pretty big difference. But McLaurin's the guy. He's clearly number one guy on an offense that there's a lot of bias because your first instinct is, wow, Washington sucks. That's why he's ranked so low. That's why he's going to fall. But first of all, they ran like 900, 800 and change plays. They're going to run 100 more plays this year just by virtue of being competent. So there's a bump that. And then also just he's the number one receiver. He's the second season. All the. Every underlying thing stacks on top of each other to suggest he will be better than last year. But people are so obsessed with how bad Washington is. No one wants him. Things are really good yeah. in the 50s. I really like McLaurin. I almost put McLaurin. And actually, technically, I do have McLaurin ranked slightly higher than DJ Chark, who I went with. And I think maybe one of the reasons I bumped him up is what we talked about earlier in the pod is I think that the Jags are just going to be so pass heavy. I think there's going to be a lot of volume in that passing game. I'm actually a Minshew believer, and I think that their connection was really strong. DJ Chark showed the ability to like do a back shoulder catch so well. Um, Minshew was definitely willing to pass it to him on those. He's got such a good like his his skill set is so well rounded. He's like a four three guy. He's got size. He's got body control, and yeah, I just think Chark is going to continue to extend uh, to ascend in his career. And so I I gave the slight nod to Shark. Is it Shark or Chark? By the way, how do you say I think it? Chark, and then our colleague Jonathan Charks. It's Sharks, <laughs> but this is uh, Chark with a CH. Okay, yeah. Anyways, I think these guys, both McLaurin and Chark, are very close to me, and I love both of them in this area. All right, let's keep rolling. Craig, did you want to say something about Bobby Trees? You want to make fun of me again? No, Robert Woods is just Amari Cooper with a worse name. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> with the worst name. I, I like it. it. Well, maybe we just if they called him Bobby Trees, Bobby Trees is is a better name than Mari Cooper. All right. Before we keep rolling here, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Sports are finally back. Playoff basketball, playoff hockey, baseball, golf, cornhole, whatever. And football is right around the corner. It is September, believe it or not. Fantasy football is back, and we are so excited for fantasy. Not so excited for September. But we are excited for fantasy. It gets us through September. And if you've never played FanDuel Fantasy before, that's great because FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for the folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with FanDuel's 20% deposit match. FanDuel Fantasy, it's an easy app to use. You can pick a new team every time, so you don't have to worry about the, what changes every week. And there's different contests. That you can do it in every sport. You can do it in football, different kinds of contests within the sport, or you can do the NBA playoffs. It's a lot of fun. And you can win money, too, if you want. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up, and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real, real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with FanDuel's 20% deposit match. So go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Sunday games are like snacks. The more, the better. So don't miss a single one with NFLSundayTicket.tv. DK, don't miss a single quesadilla. Oh, you know I won't. You know what else is really good? Jalapeno poppers. Okay. I'm not a big fan of those, but all right. What? I don't like cream cheese in a in like a really hardcore savory setting like that. Cream cheese and I used to be great friends, and cream cheese and I are no longer friends. I don't like cream cheese real. on sushi. That's a thing. I don't really like that. I don't either, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig knows what he wants, and you know what you want. Football. And not just a game or two. All of them. We want all the poppers. But you can't get DirecTV where you live. That's no problem. Stream 2020 NFL Sunday ticket on your favorite devices, no satellite required, and get every live out-of-market game on every Sunday afternoon. So go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv now to see if you're eligible. And pro tip, you can use the promo code THERINGER at checkout to save 15%. That is promo code THERINGER. I don't know. With jalapeno peppers, it's like, I think I like, like they're usually wrapped in bacon, right? Or there's bacon in them? I don't know. Honestly, I had, I had never had like, a jalapeno popper to college, and I was so confused. I didn't want to ask a question because I was like, is this like a normal food? My only exposure to poppers was the It's Always Sunny Philadelphia episode where Mac <laughs> takes the poppers in the wedding dress. Those are super different things. So I was really confused. The poppers that I have had are jalapenos with cream cheese, and then it's like fried. Yeah. So I, know no fried ones. Not, I know not the bacon. ones that are wrapped in bacon, and those are good. I just think I have this thing where like... If it's too much sauce in my bite, I like ratio. I'm a big ratio guy and like my bites. Like <laughs> I don't like when people over dip their salsa or over dip their guacamole and it's like the chip basically disintegrates within the guacamole. I think you need to have like a third mm. of the chip is with sauce. And I think the jalapeno popper, it's way too cream cheese heavy. Yeah. I, I, Sometimes the cream cheese is like molten lava too. It's it, it's it just literally fills your dangerous. whole mouth cream cheese. Yeah. Like I don't <laughs> to want to be honest, that. even if you're as you're discussing this, I still don't know what a popper is. And I actually, even the drug, I actually don't know what popper the drug is either. I, I, all the uses of poppers, I never know what anyone means. I don't know what they are. What's well, because you pop it. it in your mouth? You pop a jalapeno in your mouth. Yeah, but I don't know what the food is. You tell me it's cream cheese. 
Oh, it's a jalapeno stuffed with cream cheese. And you yeah. like oh, grill it or some that's shit. And then what you it is? fry it. It's like deep fried with batter. Yeah, it's a jalapeno oh, I've filled only seen with the like fried cream thing, So it just was like, I don't know what's in here. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. crazy. You've never even It'd be, probably be better to never be called it. Like, it's I like stay a, away. It's like a pizza roll, but a but a but there's jalapeno and cream cheese. Yeah, wow. a Totino's pizza roll, but it's a jalapeno. You just cut the you shave the top off the jalapeno and you like inject cream cheese and then like grill it. <laughs> it's honestly I, gross. I feel like I'm Jack it's Harlow. I'm literally weird. like, what's popper? <laughs> this could be the remix. What's popper? Uh, okay, let's uh, for the love of God, let's keep going here. I think I grew a beard during the the. The last time we were talking about fantasy football. Okay, start at round six. This is 61 to 72 overall. Who's someone you like in this range, DK? Uh, this is Cam Akers range for me. I think he's, like we talked about on the last pod. Go listen to that pod, by the way. The Bold Takes pod. I think that was really fun. It's one. also on Daily Sports. Check out Spotify Daily Sports for Tuesday, September 1st, and you'll hear us. Do that. No, like, do that right now. It's great. <laughs> Shout out Daily Sports. Definitely. Akers is my guy, though. So, Gurley, he's vacating 223 carries in this offense. He still managed 12 touchdowns in that offense. Um, I think Akers has a chance to get a lot of opportunities inside the five-yard line. That's been kind of the MO for Gurley and the Rams uh, running backs over the last three seasons. I think he's also going to be a factor in the passing game. You know, if you look at 2018 and 2017, Gurley got 81 targets, 87 targets in those two seasons, and it dropped off to 49 last year. So I think Akers has a chance to, you know, be much more effective in the passing game, open that part of the Rams offense back up for him. And, you know, if he is that effective in the passing game, man, he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. So um, I'm just really excited about what Akers can do in this offense. I like Ronald Jones here, but would you rather have Akers or Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones is the running back for the Bucks, and Keyshawn Vaughn was kind of the guy with him. But Keyshawn Vaughn missed a lot of practice not doing kick return duty. So do you like Rojo or Cam Akers? Yeah, I like Akers more. Do we know, like, if McVeigh, like, is he like a, I only want to use one back for like every down cut type of guy? Or is he like, well, we could use Henderson for passing, Malcolm Brown in the red zone, Cam Akers here and there? Like, do we know? I think it's more of the latter, but they only use Gurley for like a lot. Well, it's because he's um, really good. Yeah. yeah but, he also inherited him when he was a first yeah. round pick. But I, I imagine Gurley, I, it's tough Gurley, to know. I don't know what Gurley prefers. I imagine McVeigh prefers versatility with the idea of being. You don't want anyone who's predictable, and you want you're not someone tipping your hand. Yeah, yeah, you want someone who's pretty good at receiving and running. And if you have multiple people who can do that, sure, but he might not. So, Aker seems to have a crazy high ceiling. Yeah, I think that he wants a, a threshold of like better than competent on both of those things. And DK wasn't he basically like on par with Jonathan Taylor at like the combine, like in all categories? Wasn't he just like his his um his ten yard split? We talked about this. His ten yard split was out of the. Out of this world. Well, fast. no, it's like, Jonathan Taylor, the faster, fastest 40 yard dash of any running back, but Cam Akers' 10 yard split was faster. And dumb yeah. question, why isn't that more important than the 40? <laughs> Who cares about the 40 yard dash? Well, I guess if you're talking, it depends on what you want. Like if you want a breakaway home run hitter, that's Jonathan Taylor. But the point is, Akers has incredible explosiveness in the short area, and that's really, really important for running backs. And he's really good. They picked him in the second round. He was their first pick, you guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, can we talk about, so we had a, a, li a listener email us about how we've mentioned that Cam Akers has been nowhere to be seen. We haven't seen Hard Knocks yet, but Cam Akers is nowhere to be seen on Hard Knocks. And somebody said last year, Josh Jacobs was nowhere to be seen for the Raiders. And he had that's a great a very year. Good point. That's a very so, good point. That's a very good point. Who sent that email in? His name is Dan Capri. Oh, a Dan, no less. Wow, no wonder we got such a good email. I am going <laughs> to shout out Dan, and he's right, because it occurs to me we're wrong. 
the smart teams will keep their good players away from hard knocks. So really, that's why Robert Woods has not been featured because Robert Woods is good and the good players aren't allowed to go on camera. So there you go. Dan, you're right. Okay. Craig, is there a sixth rounder you like? My sixth round guy is just T.Y. Hilton. The dude's missed three games in the last four years before last year. He gets a ton of targets. Phillip Rivers, a competent quarterback. He's a veteran who knows what he's doing and he's going to be on a good offense. Phillip Rivers is going to get protected this year. He's there's going some really good, late, T.Y. Hilton. Then. There's, that's a good offensive line. That's going to give him time to go deep. It's not a, not a ton of dynamic playmakers on, on the Colts, really, that are established. Established ones for sure, yeah. I like Ronald Jones in this round. I, I think he's the guy in Tampa Bay. Round seven, pick 73 to 84. Who you guys targeting here? This, to me, is like receiver tier. This is like back to receivers yep. with a yep. little blip of a running back thing in the round six. Uh, Michael Gallup stands out to me in this in this area. He was sixth in receiving yards per game last year, which is kind of flies under the radar. Dallas vacated a lot of targets with Cobb and Witten leaving. And yeah, he's, I guess, technically like the number two behind Amari Cooper. But in all honesty, like he could end up being like the go-to guy in this offense. He plays the X spot. Um, he, you know, runs on the outside. He's a really good route runner, really good at the catch point, super underrated player. And I mean, honestly, if Amari went down too, he would be top 12, top 15 guy potentially. Yeah. What do you think? A hundred percent. My guy's uh, Will Fuller on the Texans. Brandon Cooks is also on the Texans. I think people think maybe he could be the, the lead. Well, the Athletic reported that Brandon Cooks is having his reps carefully managed throughout August and could be eased into the team's offensive game plan. That's music to Will Fuller rosterer's ears. Let me just give you a quick little stat here about Will Fuller. In the last two seasons, DeAndre Hopkins scored more than 20 fantasy points on about 30% of his games. Will Fuller scored more than 20 fantasy points on about 23% of his games. With Hopkins there. Now Hopkins is gone. Will Fuller is going to be amazing. My theory on this round with our three guys is that I think you could actually just have these three receivers be your starting three wide receivers on a fantasy team, and you'd be fine. I love that. And that's why these guys in salary cap leagues are just unbelievable values. And Heifetz, who's your guy? I love Marquise Brown in Baltimore. I just, Marquise Brown to me is, again, he's fast. He's young. The Ravens are trying to throw deep more. There's a lot of like fancy numbers you could point at to why he's going to be really good. But what matters is they're the best offense in the league. They're trying to throw to more. He's the number one pick. And like, what else do you need? He's, to me, he's one of the most obvious guys that outside the top 20 that could be top eight next year. I think he's fantastic. Him and Fuller. I love the combo. And Gallup's really good too. All right, round eight, which to me, and to be clear, we're through seven rounds. That's through pick. 84 or so. And we're cheating a little bit because Fuller and them, I think, have gotten a lot more buzz. So really through 80, this is where I stopped getting as excited about people. The first 80 pick, there's so many good players. And really, 70 to 80, I actually almost like more than 60 to 70 in a weird way. But now we're, to me, there's a mental difference of like the guys going forward I'm less excited about. Do you guys feel that way? Yeah. I don't. Oh. I'm actually pretty excited about this area. Okay. All right. Well, tell us who you're excited about. So from 85 Martin to 96. Marvin Jones, to me, stands out in this spot. Um, through 14 weeks last year, almost the entire season, he was wide receiver 15. And you can get him in like the seventh or eighth round. You know, he's he's a little bit older. Maybe that's like working against him a little bit. People don't believe in the Lions offense for whatever reason, but I do. I think I think Matthew Stafford's going to have a big year. I like Daryl Bevel as a play caller. Marvin Jones and Galladay are the two guys downfield. I just think... He's he's a really good player. He's he he would actually be on the list of most underrated players, I think, too. I don't think he's as underrated as um as Allen Robinson or Tyler Lockett, but I think people kind of forget about him. 
Oh, the other thing I was going to mention, he was wide receiver 15 through 14 weeks. That was ahead of Julio. Damn. <laughs> Marvin Jones over Julio. Bold predictions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he's, a, he's a guy that I really like in this Speaking round. Speaking of Julio, this round is where I'm grabbing Matt Ryan if he's still on the board or mm-hmm. Tom Brady if they're still on the board. This is where I, I'm starting to think about taking a quarterback. Depends on your yeah. league and where, where the run starts, but this is where I'd want one. This round is where I'm grabbing J.K. Dobbins on the, ra- on the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are the best running team of all time, and their starting running back is going to be <laughs> yeah. 31 this year. And J.K. Dobbins is maybe the best running back in college football last year, and John Harbaugh loves him. Yeah, I saw this tweet today from Jamison Henley. John Harbaugh said rookie running back J.K. Dobbins will probably have a, quote, significant role this season. He raved about Dobbins' confidence and coachability. I, there, there's a bunch of hype happening literally like as we speak about Dobbins. I cannot <laughs> As wait. we speak, I cannot the hype train choo-choo. It might blast Dude. through my podcast studio at home, the hype train. Wow. I am so excited about Dobbins. He was one of my favorite running backs in college. And yeah. Round nine. Choo-choo, baby. Round nine, 97th to 108th, which this is why I hate the 12 team. Like the numbers are so random. I can't do that kind of. How I don't know for sure nine- that I got these right. It's just for the random. record. Yeah. It needs to be totally, <laughs> like, odd numbers. I don't really get what's going I on. I did it all in my numbers. head and I'm probably wrong. No, you're I, right. Let's just keep. Okay, good. Do 12 I'm, times nine. I'm not a scientist. Don't ask me okay. to do that. Anyway, who do you like around the hundredth spot? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So you mentioned that this is where the range ish where you start talking about quarterbacks. I really like Stafford in this spot. Um, last season, he was on pace for 38 touchdowns. He had he was on pace for a QB six finish before he stopped. Uh, before he was his season was cut short with a back injury after eight games. So I, I just think they're going to have a lot of volume. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to have potentially have some shootouts. Matt Stafford, veteran guy, you know, never been afraid to sling it around the around the yard, has some good receivers. I just like everything about this, honestly. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a QB1. If there's another, if Stafford's gone at this point, who do you want? You know, I think the next probably would be Ben Roethlisberger. I think, again, he's he's coming off your boy injury. Joe Burrow or Daniel Jones? I mean, I think you can wait a little bit and get those guys a little bit later yeah. in the 120s. But if you wanted to, it's not. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be yelling at you if you want to reach a little bit here on a on a quarterback that you really believe in. Burrow's my guy. Um, Jared Goff, I also think is going to have a good year. Okay, so if, if he you're plays not like ta- he chips, I'm worried. So Craig, if you're not taking quarterback, <laughs> who are you taking? I like Deontay Johnson, the receiver on the Steelers here. I mean, this is as late as you can get for a guy who could potentially have a blow-up season. He really does have the potential to be the 2017 or maybe even 2018 Juju Smith-Schuster this year for Pittsburgh. Monitor's health. Yeah, because yeah. he's missed some practices, so that could be a factor. But. but he's also dropped because of that. So if he ends up being healthy, he might be even a better value. The I'm not taking... A, if, I, if I'm not taking quarterback here or right around this spot, around 100, 110, this is where I'm reaching for a tight end. I like Hayden Hurst this year. I think he's going to be fantastic. I mean, I've said this ad nauseum, but once again, just Austin Hooper, number one tight end through 10 weeks. And he once dunked on Craig in high school basketball. It's a crazy story, but... It was baseball <laughs> and he didn't dunk on me. You, you change the story every time. The it point was is never that, basketball. <laughs> the point I struck is him out many times. Hayden Prove Hurst it. is better than Austin Hooper. And I really like Hayden Hurst this year. But if not tight end Craig, if you don't want to pick someone who was mean to you in middle school or whatever, high school, didn't dunk on you, who... Who's a tight end you're looking at around this range? Uh, as far as I know, Noah Fant has not been mean to me. Yep. So I like him this year for that Yet. reason alone. No, it's just Fant is a really talented, athletic, late round, second year tight end. 
That's often when tight ends break out. He led all tight end rookies last year in targets, catches, and yards with three different quarterbacks. Noah Fant could really potentially end up being the number one option on this team, especially in the red zone. So I, I like Noah Fant. If he becomes really good, the amount of fantasy puns are going to be overwhelming. Yeah. It's going to be like a flood. It's biblical. <laughs> All right. Let's keep rolling here. Let's get to like pick 120s or so, early 130s. Yeah. This is basically handcuff running back range and like some real, we're in dart throw territory. This is officially, there are no reaches. This is like, take who you want. So Dick, who do you <laughs> yeah. want around this range? I'm interested in Zach Moss, the rookie running back for the Bills. Um, I don't, there's no guarantee that Singletary is going to dominate touches in this backfield. I don't think. Uh, Moss, very good player. I, I like him a lot. He's awesome tackle breaker. Uh, he's got more size than Singletary, and he's also actually a pretty good pass catcher. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but in this range, you're taking handcuffs or guys that have standalone value, like some, some standalone value. I think Moss has standalone value, but he could end up just being the straight starter for that team. While we're on handcuffs, other guys in this range that I would think about grabbing, um, Boston Scott in Philadelphia, he's been going up because Miles Sanders is week to week. So he's right around the 120s, 130s is probably where you have to grab him. He's just Darren Sproles. He was compared to Darren Sproles before he played for the Saints and before, not before Darren Sproles played for the Saints, but before Boston Scott went to New Orleans, he was comp to Darren Sproles. And now he's in Philadelphia, the other spot Darren Sproles played. And he could just be Darren Sproles. And if you're in a PPR league and you get Darren Sproles light in like the 120s, 130s, I think that's awesome. Uh, Did I tell you guys about how we, uh, Craig, I don't know if you were there, but Danny and I met Darren Sproles at the Combine. Oh, nice. And he got, he, he and a couple of the people that were there made fun of me because I didn't know of the sandwich shop in Seattle that he loves. And then they Yeah, did. he gave he gave you a layup like you're like from Seattle and usually like, oh nice, where do you live? But you don't know such a good icebreaker. We were gonna be best friends, but then I didn't know about this burrito place that he absolutely loved. He was it was upset. sandwich or burrito. Didn't know. I can't even. He was like It'd be funny if like he was like, What's your favorite parts of Seattle? And you were just like the the Mariners Stadium. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was the opposite. It's usually the person yeah. from the place is like, here's a specific thing. And the person who has the questions like, oh no, I'm in deeper than I wanted. Yeah, to he be like here. doubled. It was the opposite. <laughs> Darren Sproles yeah. is like, you know this famous place? I love it. I anyway. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It was Boston pretty bad. Scott's good at football. DK, is there another handcuff in like the 120s, 130s range where you think it's a high upside backup running back you would you would want? I got one. <laughs> I think it's Tony <laughs> Pollard. And I was reading the doc. I couldn't find anything. This, well, I have Tony Pollard in the next round. This is my there only explanation for Tony Pollard. If Zeke gets hurt, you win your league. <laughs> there you go. I think you should draft him, especially if you don't have Zeke on your team. God, I hate... Pollard is so good. I seriously hate it when like really good players go to teams with like clear-cut hierarchies. That's how I feel behind Tyrod Taylor and Herbert on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I just feel for you on that. It's, it sucks. It sucks. Round 12. DK. Round 12. So I got Hawkinson in this area. Um, everything you said about Fant, I think, pretty much applies to Hawkinson. He's been getting incredible hype in, in Lions camp. Like, so he's do, been who dominating. do you like more, Hawkinson or Noah Fant? Oh, let me see. I want to actually pull up my rankings here. Um, who was the guy? Noah Fant was on. Was he the guy from Iowa who also played with another tight end? TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson and, and Fant, Fant were on the together same team. Oh, it was both of them. Okay. They both played, yeah. and Iowa's famous because like they put out Dallas Clark and they put out George Kittle and they have like a history of great tight ends, but those guys don't do anything in college. Like they just block. So it's like tight end university, but together their numbers were like, so can anybody separate fan Hawkinson? Like, is there any reason why anyone likes one over the other? Or is it just like, yeah, they're both young and have potential. Fan is more explosive as a mm -hmm. pass catcher. He's more of like a move 
tight end, like a, a guy that will run routes. Hawkinson is like a wide tight end. He's exactly like Kittle. Oh, and Kelsey's more like, or and Fant's more like Kelsey. Exactly. So, he, so Kittle or Hawkinson, I should say, is going to be asked to block. He's a very good blocker. Um, I have Hawkinson actually ranked a little bit higher, and maybe it's just because I don't know. Like, I just think he's overall a better player, like a better all around player. But I, I will say, Fant very explosive, good pass catcher. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the targets get split up in Denver, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I just hire on the the Lions' offense just because I trust Stafford more at this point. I think Locke has very good potential, but he hasn't really shown it in the NFL yet. Also, one thing about Fant and Locke is Fant's numbers were down with Locke and better with the other two quarterbacks. I don't know if that matters. Yeah. I don't know if maybe, like, yeah. That's something to kind of keep in mind is, like, there's more of an established quarterback situation in, in Detroit, and that's why I lean Hawkinson, but I like both of them. But the larger point is that Fant, Hawkinson, there's a lot of high upside tight ends available after 110 or so, 100 that we like better, maybe yeah. to just outright be better than Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, guys that you can get 30 rounds later, it might finish a lot better. That's the you hear that, points. folks? 30 rounds later. Did I say 30? I meant 30 yeah. picks. Did 30 I say 30 picks. rounds? Yes, 30 rounds. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's what it feels Deep like. Deep dynasty. If you have 40 friends and you want to do a league... Sure, by well, all means. Not all of us have 40 friends like you, Craig. You're just <laughs> spitting friends at the wazoo. Anyway, uh, other people I, I like around this ra- round. I forgot to mention Chase Edmonds with the other handcuffs, but Kenyon Drake, again, we don't know. Walking boot, he, he says he's fine, but Chase Edmonds, backup running back for Cardinals. He's really good. He had three touchdowns last year in relief of David Johnson. Great uh, late round pick. And then a couple other high upside receivers. Jamison Crowder, who maybe isn't really going to be available around this, but number one receiver for the New York Jets, everyone. Jamison Crowder. Just going after pick 100. Just unreal. I want to talk about Crowder for a second. I know that we're trying to get, you know, kind of lightning round, but he is maybe one of the best picks, I feel like, in this entire draft, just because he has such a high floor. So going back to last year, he had 17 targets in week one, 14 catches, 99 yards. He was the wide receiver 12. Darnold missed the next four weeks with Mono, and Crowder fell off the map. But week six on, he was the wide receiver 15 in PPR. Yeah. So almost a wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. And you can get that guy in like the seventh or eighth, maybe even later, ninth, tenth round, if people aren't paying attention. Um, especially this year where, you know, the COVID offseason has been shortened. Chemistry matters. Crowder has a good connection with Sam Darnold. And most importantly... There's literally no one else in that freaking passing game right now. Even Herndon got hurt today. Um, we don't know the severity of Herndon's injury at this point. Hopefully, he's going to make you know make a quick recovery and everything. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to miss much time, but at the end of the day, it's Herndon and Crowder because Rashad Perryman's been hurt and Denzel Mims is basically not really practiced in camp. So, uh, anyways, long story short, love Crowder. Yeah, a lot of these guys are talking about his late round gems at 130. It's basically. This person, if they get hurt, then this person we're talking about will be very valuable. Or we are we have an assumption about how this offense will work, but if we're wrong, this person will benefit. Jameson Crowder just is the number one receiver on the Jets, and it's just available because people think yeah. the Jets suck, and he's not very famous. Like that's <laughs> you know that's just it. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, we're one forties or so. This is like we're getting to like the last picks you got before defense. And again, rankings here are just out the window. It's like at this point, you just take the people you want. Who are some like yeah. last toward the end of your drafts guys you want and to bench stashes you think of a lot of upside? Uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Miller of the Bears. And 
he w- he's another guy that kind of came on strong at the end of the season, showed some of his potential. He was a low-end wide receiver three from week 10 on and half PPR. So, um, you know, he's a potential like wide receiver three slash flex play you can get in your second to last round. So I think that's pretty good value. And, and he started um, really showing out, like I said, in the end of the year. And, and hopefully he'll kind of have a breakout season this season for the Bears. But we don't really know exactly what the quarterback situation is yet. As of Tuesday... We don't know who the starter for the Bears is. So, actually, by the way, who do you guys think it's going to be? It better be fucking Nick Foles. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I, this, yeah, this I, this is like The yeah. Bachelor. Like, I'm actually, like, getting, I'm confused as to why it's not him yet. Like, what what's going on? Are they trying to motivate Trubisky? I really don't know. The Bears not signing Cam Newton looks funnier <laughs> and funnier by the day. Yeah, and Newton's getting a like rave review right now. <laughs> Patriots paid Cam Newton a million and a half dollars and if they win, like basically if they win the Super Bowl, Cam Newton gets eight million dollars. The Bears gave up a draft pick to pay Nick Foles 17 million dollars. Honestly, it is the most under disgusting of the entire offseason. The Bears passing Cam Newton will go down if if the Patriots make the playoffs with Cam and he's good as like the like the worst move the Bears made since Trubisky. They didn't even get rid of Trubisky right. <laughs> anyway, holy cow. Anyone else you guys want to want to shout out? Yeah, quick shout out. Preston Williams, receiver on the Dolphins. He's going to be this year's Devontae Parker. I'd take him four rounds earlier. Beautiful. Parker's hurt now, right, too. Yeah. Take Preston Williams. Thank us later. All right, let's get into some reader mail. Yeah, our listener, our listener email. Yeah, again, ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone sending stuff, sending fantasy questions, fun facts. Make sure they're fun. Someone sent in that Leonard Fournette was 85% of team snaps. We appreciate the email, but it made me sad. I want facts about like insects and like weird weather patterns, you know? Did you know that there is a spider called Darwin's spider that can spew 25 meters of web? <laughs> This thing's the size of like a dime. That's 75 feet. For 25. That, that's Danny Kelly. He's a math guy. What is the native land of that spider? Far away. Probably like Madagascar, but it spews it over a river. And if it's, it's, it's scary, it's in Australia. It's yeah. str- the strongest natural fiber in the world. And Australia, you got to walk further. around with like a tennis racket. Dude. Swat things yeah. Darwin spider. Anyway, let's get into reader mail. We have an anonymous email here. Greetings. Danny, Danny, and Craig, longtime listener, first time caller. This is a great, this is a great email. I'm so excited for this. I'm in a league that has been going for a decade with the same group of people. I'm the only woman in the league, and I'm as knowledgeable and dedicated a football fan as any of the other guys. She then lists many of her credentials, which is not necessary, though it is impressive, but unnecessary because nobody asks men if they are qualified to play in a fantasy football league. It's embarrassing that anyone thinks anyone needs to be qualified to play in a fantasy football league. <laughs> oh, oh, it gets gosh. worse. For all starters, the guys, yeah. this is this is her now. All the guys in the league are some of my best friends, except for one particular asshat. <laughs> this guy is the sole card-carrying misogynist in the league, and wouldn't you know it, he is the one dude that I lose to every single year. All caps. Almost 20 losses to this singular dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> singular dickhead. If you think he's gracious about his ridiculous winning record against me, you would be wrong. He makes a big stink about it every year trashes me in the chat saying stuff like, I hope you're better at making sandwiches than you are at fantasy. What the fuck? Which aside from being rude, isn't even original, doubly offensive to my sensibilities. And of course (laughs) I can't say anything about it because he beats me every year. And then she goes on to mention all of her wins and playoffs and stuff, which is, 
impressive. But again, even if you suck at fantasy football, should not misogyny, not okay, no matter what your skill level is. Right. She goes on. Oh, did I mention that he came in dead last in 2019 and two of his total five wins against were against me? And yet he still spent the whole week talking about how girls shouldn't play fantasy if they can't hang. I don't know if he actually believes any of the shit he says. He might just be trolling me, which is why I don't bite back, but it still chaps my ass. Also, I'm sorry for my language. I'm from Philly and I literally cannot help myself. Go birds. <laughs> she had me till the end. I hate the birds. Couple important points here. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sending this email. I will mm -hmm. admit I felt naive as a dude. I can't believe there are adult men telling women to make sandwiches. So I felt jarred in a good way. So some pro tips. Don't be an asshole. And if you're telling women to make sandwiches in the year 2020, you're an asshole. More importantly, because <laughs> most people listening don't do that. If you see do someone doing that, stop them, especially if they're your friend. If you're letting your friend be an asshole, you're aiding and abetting assholery. Don't be a bystander. It's weak sauce and Dumbledore would not be proud of you. And then three, a little more subtle, but don't make women list their credentials. Don't, like if a woman is a fantasy football fan, you don't have to be like, well, you know, like what? No one ever asks a dude what your history of being a sports fan. Just talk football. Like, oh my God. Anyway, this made me feel very sad. I'm 100% invested in our loyal listener winning this league. Well, not just... First of all, I just want her to beat this guy and then also winning this league. If you have questions, email us every single week and we'll give you our advice. Yeah. Uh, who knows if it'll be that good, but we will do everything in our power <laughs> to help you beat this asshat. Yeah, so continue with your email. She said, so guys, I need you to help me annihilate this dude. I need to beat him so bad that I erased nine years of embarrassment. I need him to lose so badly that he can't ever make his lame-ass sandwich jokes ever the fuck again. Yeah, no, that's we're totally... Can we just say, that. man, it sucks that she's she's lost to him every year for nine years. I think she said in the email, I don't know if we have, that she was like 0-18 against him in nine years. Yeah, 0-18. Like, unbelievable. How does that happen? So that you know what that insane. means? You know what that means? We're due for some positive regression here. That's what's going <laughs> to yes, go on. Seriously. Gonna, this is the year of positive regression. Anonymous, right we are very excited to help you. So her predicament is she gets to keep one of the following players in her league. It's Robert Woods, our beloved Bobby Trees, for, at, at a third round keeper cost. Chris Carson, Seahawks running back, at a second round keeper cost. Or Austin Hooper, tight end for the Browns now. Craig's nemesis for a 10th round keeper price. We're nobody. What do you guys think? We all came to a consensus on this for our for our listener. We think you keep no one and you just draft well. Yeah, this is yeah, sad. Because it's it's about the value, right? Like it's a little early. I think Bobby Trees, as much as we love him, it's a little early to, to use the third rounder. Chris Carson, I think it's definitely too early to use the second rounder. And Hooper is not someone I'm like really high on this year, so I probably wouldn't keep him either. Um, also, can we talk about how she signed the email? So please, the Dannys and Craig, I beg you, help me cremate this man. <laughs> yeah, that's you know this. She's been listening to this pod for a long time. Cremate's cremate a deep was cut. like her. That was that is a deep Dannysy football cut. Who right said? There. Did I say that? You said yeah. cremate, and I was so uncomfortable that we would use the term <laughs> cremate. I still don't like saying it. I still, anyway. I still don't really want to use that term in any other context. Oh, it's that, all right. She's been listening to a long time. She's using the word cremate. So, yeah, so officially, no. our our recommendation is to not keep any of those people. Yeah, and then to and to use our rankings or to draft your team, and I, you'll get better values than I think any of the people you could keep here. But also, don't be the silent person in the group chat. Fuck that guy. <laughs> roast his ass. And also, yeah, roast his ass. Tell him to make his own goddamn sandwich. What's his what's his <laughs> man -child. Lame ass do? 
My God. He, I bet you he's like the 11th or the 12th friend. They're like, I guess we can invite him. Yeah, yeah we don't just, the, <laughs> talked about that earlier. This he's isn't the Seahawks. Don't be the 12th man. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, thank you for emailing. Again, that's ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Send in your anecdotes. I guess that's our first fantasy court ruling of the year. So yeah. there's some Send fantasy court. facts, too. I love facts. And then also check out the fa- Ringer Fantasy Football uh, Draft Guide. That's fantasyfootball.theringer.com. And then you can email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail. So... Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to our anonymous emailer for that anecdote. And yeah, screw that guy. All right. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck, everyone, with your drafts.